I wish I could have had that conversation with my parents and took that one year from them I think my life's trajectory would have been completely different Hello and welcome this is Puneet Surana and you are listening to the Galata podcast Galata is a word from the Indian language Kannada that means the noise caused by a ruckus This podcast is about starting up while we are still in college testing ideas creating a team building something worthwhile and adding value to other people's lives join us as we discuss the thrill of earning your first buck tackling uncertainties overcoming obstacles and delighting others most of all the galata podcast is about seeing understanding and implementing so you can deliver on your audacious promise Our guest for today is a podcasting mentor, co-founder of Wine Studio and host of one of the top podcasts in India, The Inspiring Talk. He empowers coaches, trainers, speakers, experts and entrepreneurs to build their influence, authority and business using the power of podcasting. Join me in welcoming Vijay Gautam. Thank you Puneet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm usually the one who is on the other side of the table <laughs> glad to be on the other side. The usual first question I ask most of my guests is what were the conversations around dinner table when you were growing up? Wow, the conversations around the dinner table. That's that's a really interesting one. I don't think we ever had a dinner table, I would say. We usually used to sit on floor to have our dinner. But I think the conversation that I remember that I used to have with my mom for most of my childhood when we were growing up was because I saw my dad working really really hard. Was that you know what mom, whatever I do in my life, I'm not going to work for anyone else. I'm going to do whatever I want to do but I'm going to do it on my own and she used to laugh saying that oh that means you want to start a business I said yes that's what I want to do but for that we don't have money and for you to start a business you need money I don't know where uh, I had that a sense of belief that I had that what my mom saying is not true I don't have to be super rich to start a business and here we are in this world where you literally don't need money to you know start a business that's the one conversation that stands out from a lot of other conversation that we had when if i now look back a lot of conversations were about parents trying to give their beliefs to me for some half of my life i believed some of those so what were they like just this one right for you to start a business you need uh, money we can't dream big or we have a certain limitation of whatever that is whether that's in terms of seeing bigger dreams or achieving something and on and forth so yep hmm sapne mat dekho yeah absolutely <laughs> now seems the most turbulent time to start a business and the most opportune time to start a business for most people absolutely there's so many interesting things about you that i want to talk about let's sure. let's start with your obsession with self help 
What led you to self-help? I think it was the need to help myself was what really got me there. Let me explain. In 2009, when I completed my 10th and I was looking at getting into the university, I have you know, grown up in Nepal and I was in Kathmandu preparing for the university in France. And at that time, everybody said that biotechnology is super hot and this is going to come up big time. Huge opportunities. You should do that. And then I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I went and, uh, you know, studied for the preparation. I wanted to be at the Kathmandu University, which is one of the best universities in the country. And I sat for that entrance and I couldn't make it. In my life academically, I haven't faced any failure to the extent that I, I just couldn't get to some place because I couldn't pass academically again that failure hit me hard and i i remember telling to myself that even if i can't make it to the best university i'm gonna be best wherever i go that's the first thing that i remember and after that i came to delhi for my bachelor's i studied pharmacy and i remember going to my college on the first day and i was an average student i had just 68 percent in my 12th and 11th combined and there were very smart kids with 90%, 85% in their 11, 12. And uh, there I was in the classroom on the first day, just looking at the kids saying that, hey, who's the smart one? Who's the smart one who is answering all the questions that this professor is asking? These are the people who are my competitors. And I remember looking at, oh, you, oh, that's you too. And oh, okay, these four people are going to be my competitors. And uh and Mark that's when you know you so and that's when you needed to be disciplined to study and motivate yourself to make sure that you can really top and all my life i have grown up believing that i'm an average student and i can never top and i remember when i was in school going to these toppers saying that how do you guys even do this i can't even ever imagine being a topper i was an average student all my life and I, I told them like hey I just can't even imagine how how someone I, I remember those conversations where thinking of these guys of a different breed I'm sure these guys are born talent and they are meant to top and here I am I, I don't think I can ever do that right but when I came to the university I said that okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be best wherever I go right and that helps me today in whatever I do that that one thing stuck with me saying that wherever I go I'm going to be best. So that's something that sticks with me. And that's when I started finding blogs to, you know, de- help me develop the habits and the whole science of goal setting. I started reading blogs. And I think one of the early ones that I discovered was of Robin Sharma's blog. And there is this another guy called Steve Pablina, who is a very popular self-help blogger. I became very ardent follower of Steve Pablina's blog and Robin Sharma and Brian Tracy when it comes to goal settings and goal setting and stuff like that. I started learning those concepts about setting goal mindset and I just go and read those and try and implement them and I wake up in the morning and go for a jog and try and understand the whole idea of morning ritual and that was my introduction to self-help that's how i got into the whole world of self-help and after that i would see if there's any opportunity for me to attend any event and conferences and i would read books blogs watch videos whatever i could find i'll just read and try and implement in in my own life that's a backstory to how i got Mm -hmm. into self-help we are like two peas in a pod. 
Interesting. You did this all in your undergrad studies? Is that where it all yeah, started off? Yeah, the first year of my college. I think I did bits here and there in my school, but I think the the hardcore focus of like, you know, just going deep into it is when I was in college, this whole thing started. Hmm. Why would a college student decide to let go partying, girls and drugs and alcohols in Delhi scene and immerse himself in a thick book or a voraciously long blog post? That's hard to digest. While I was in Delhi, but I had a complete different background. And there was this interesting conversation. Now that you mentioned that, I kind of remember this. And I kind of took that as an offense at that time while I did not respond. So here was the scenario. One of my seniors who has grown up in Delhi and she failed her exams and she was reappearing in the exam. And one of my friends from my, you know, class itself was reappearing the exam, right? And I was just there to show her my support, just be there to help her or maybe just help her prepare before the exam. And her mother was there and the senior that I'm talking about, her father was also there. And my classmate's mother introduces me to the senior's mother, father, sorry. And they apparently knew each other. And she goes, hey, he is uh, busy and he's topper of my daughter's class. And uh, he's from Nepal. And uh, this guy turns around and says that, hey, this kid who come from Bihar, Nepal, or other part of the country to Delhi, they have got nothing to do but just study. And that's why they top the college and they do academically well. And I think that there's a reason behind that. Why? Is because you come from a totally different upbringing and you have a hunger when you grow up with a silver spoon in your uh, mouth. I'm not obviously saying everybody growing up with a silver spoon right. in mouth do not have that hunger. But we have seen a lot of people who come from not having enough in the life, uh, I think the hunger comes from the fact that want to make something out of my life, want to make this life a different. And that's how you just see one thing, which is like, I want to get myself out of the situation that I'm in and get my family out of the situation that I come from, whether that's immersing in the self-help and trying and developing something. But that's why a lot of uh, Indians who are in US have the same hunger because they want to prove themselves when they are in the US. And that's why we see a lot of Indians doing incredible things in the US or UK or wherever outside India, because then that's where you want to get out of the situation that you are in and try and do everything that you can to change that. So that was same for me as well. Plus the first half of my college, it's in Delhi NCR, it's Haryana. I barely understood Hindi and uh, there was no way I could understand Haryanvi and I had no friends and I had uh, no other good thing to do. But I think, yep. <laughs> I, I remember my college professor's <laughs> taunt. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember. In yeah. Back class, he he was a musician. He he quoted a Pink Floyd songs line, which was, "If you want to get laid, go to college. <laughs> if you want to get education, go to the library." <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. The thing I notice is the hunger that you have, or the the hunger that 
individuals in our situations have it easily gets into desperation mode or it could get into this needy mode mm-hmm. which which i see people getting into right now especially with a lot of chaos that's happening around how did you make sure you kept your hunger burning but not getting into desperation or that neediness things are not going to change overnight right while you might have the hunger things are not going to change overnight if anybody thinks that hey i'm going to make this change today i'm going to start meditating today i'm going to be calm all of a sudden then everything's going to change for me or if i start doing something today i'll get results tomorrow and it's more easier for us to think that today than ever before in the history of the time because of the world of instant gratification that we live in where i order pizza and it has to be on my table in 30 minutes what that's doing for all of us is it's training our mind to believe in the concept of instant gratification but that doesn't really happen in the life right for us to get something or make something meaningful it's going to take years and it's important to understand that but at the same time it's also important for us to assess how we are progressing and are we moving in the direction that we have always wanted to if not then obviously there need to be a course correction that we need to make so understanding that i'm here for the long game and it's going to take me certain amount of time and also knowing where you can go in certain number of years right for instance i'm i'm not worried about let's say buying house or maybe buying a a, a jet or personal plane and stuff i'm not worried at all about those because that's not what i see doing in another 5 or 7 years right then what is it that i can do in next 5 to 7 years and just focusing the entire energy in that i think that really helps to keep doing what you are doing having that long term vision that's one thing that helped me and but also i won't say i was never in this thing about desperation i have been it's not fair to say that for instance when i was in college i wanted to make some side bucks some pocket money because, we all do uh, yeah we all do right so in because of that i did some crazy stuff i i went on to these survey filling websites went to a cyber cafe and filled that form and uh, did all of that stuff and then later realized like how these you know form filling a survey and so many of them are such a scam i try to take shortcuts and these shortcuts are never going to work right but at least these are these are the things that you don't want to do and and even when later in your life when you have some shortcuts which appear saying that oh you are going to get result then you instantly know that oh there are no shortcuts to good things in life so i think these are the things that helped me not to be desperate desperate it still hurts me that my 5.25 dollars my first income <laughs> has still not come it's still in my paytm <laughs> for uh, 9 years <laughs> yeah by filling the surveys and uh, there's this other thing called pay per click or something yeah ppc i mean all sort of things all things filling the survey they will send you the scanned copy you fill the survey i did that for an entire month and then later on i realized they have this really really weird agreement that you signed which you never read which says that if you make 
more than five mistakes, then your payout is going to be 80%. If you make more than uh, 10 mistakes in entire month, then your payout is going to be 60%. Whoa. If you make more than 20 mistakes, then it's going to be just 20% payment and so on and so forth. And then by the end of the month, when I completed that, I realized that I owe them money. <laughs> they said, like, you made so many mistakes. Now you have to pay us. We are not going to pay you anything. So they got the work done and ended up not paying anything. And it was like that an hurts. entire month of work and almost I spent what two hours every single day. I think 60, 60, 70 hours of work and you get paid nothing. It was a lesson on its own. After that, I never uh, looked <laughs> into uh, stuff like those. And I, this is not what you should really be looking at. But we all have our own experiences, all of these different sort of scams that are there. So hmm. I think college is the perfect time to get scammed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I have started feeling that way. I was talking to a friend yesterday and uh, she was like, hey, I just completed my biotechnology last year and I don't feel like doing it anymore. And I'm like, well, you have just wasted four years and whatever that is. But at least I'm glad that a lot of people are now being aware to the fact that they don't want to do what they studied and which I think is a good thing because realizing sooner than later, because a lot of people realize that after 10 years of working in a corporate job and then they realize this is not what I want to do and then stakes are too high late. right yeah it's too late because you have maybe family to take care of and a lot of you know loans going on it's really difficult for you to get out of that thing right um, again i i don't agree with the rat race and i'll talk about that in a moment why but the point mm-hmm. that i was trying to make was like an entrepreneur who is doing a business and not happy and want to go back to job and just shut your business down and go to job right or if you are you know somebody at job and you don't want to do, take a job go in do something in something different or if you don't want a job in the field that you are in try something just go and do something else but my point was that people realizing and being self-aware that this is not what i want to do with my life i mean after wasting seven years four years of college and three years of working in a corporate is when i realized this is not what i want to do but the people realizing that just right after the college they just don't want to even join the job take a job on what they studied is great now coming to the rat race thing i I really kind of don't like when people say that job is a rat race you are going on a nine to five rat race it's all about happiness man if somebody is happy doing going on a job and making their life smooth if if their life's life is running smooth and not everybody need to be an entrepreneur not everybody need not everyone necessarily need to follow anyone's success template any what makes us happy just do that right i like what rajiv talreza who is a friend and also mm-hmm. a business coach says and he says that oh, if you so strongly believe in entrepreneurship then what you are essentially saying is the people who are working for you your team are the dumb people who are helping you achieve their dream and these are stupid people who are working for you that's what you are saying or you are saying that every single person in this world need to be an entrepreneur if you so strongly believe that nobody should be doing a job then run your business on your own. Don't look for team. I think that's a really interesting one. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship is also a rat race. It's a different rat race. There are races everywhere, even in entrepreneurship. The, there's the funding race. There is the race of getting higher visibility. There's this race of customer acquisition. And now there's the podcast race of uh, getting as many years as you can that we see. So there are these races no matter where you go. And they're very similar. And maybe entrepreneurship is a nine to nine race. Or in some cases, 9 to 2 race, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. race. These races are there everywhere. Just pick one that you think you will 
be good at. Yeah, and I think that's what I have learned by having conversation with so many different people. I've come to realize that there's no one template and uh, you don't have to follow even the existing template of success that's out there. You can create your own template and define what that template will include. If you want to climb mountains, go and do it and you just go and find another mountain and another mountain and another mountain, right? If you want to build a business and be a billionaire, just do that. Or if you just want to be a spiritual leader and give up on all material things and evolve spiritually and maybe help others evolve spiritually, do that. But you have to define your success template and that should not be defined by society. That should not be defined by your family or parents. I know that in India, a lot of our decisions are controlled by the parents, but I think it's time for us to take ownership of our life and do what makes us happy, not what someone else think about yeah. us. I think you should narrate the moment where you took the ownership of your life for at least 10 years. Where I come from, if you really think about it, a lot of people, they are now trying to escape the country. And this is the conversation that I've started hearing with a lot of youths here as well. A lot of people, when they don't see a lot of opportunity in the country, the easiest for them to say is that, hey, there's nothing going to happen in my country. I'm going to leave the country and go outside. And I, I started seeing those kind of conversations here as well. Obviously, not as much as the volume, but but still, there's, there's a sense of frustration with the country and the system and people want to escape that. There are not enough opportunities. And even if you do something, there's not enough cognition and so on and so forth. Right? So people start seeing those and that obviously happened in Nepal. And now if you really go and see the country, there's almost one person from every single household who is abroad. Every single household. I would say most of the country, half half of the you know country is abroad. And, and if you really look at the people who are in the country, either they are kids or a lot of elders, right? Every single youth wants, most of them, 80 to 90% of them want to go to the, go to the US or Canada, Australia, or wherever they find every damn country but not nepal itself right now when you grow up on, uh, in in that and then your parents want you to do the same as well go and and for me my uncle was in the u.s doing his phd and working at intel and uh, that became the success template for us as well for my family as well to look up and be like your uncle go to the u.s do your masters take a job and then get us out of uh, this situation and that's going to be good for you you are going to be settled in the u.s and also good for us as well because you are going to be sending dollars we can spend in rupee that's what my parents wanted and that has been my own dream as well when i was in college and then later i realized that was not the, uh, my dream but it was more of uh, an acquired dream that I acquired from looking at what's going around and hearing my parents talk about and hearing my uncle give me advices on the same. In, when I was working at my job, I was preparing for masters in the US and I had taken TOEFL, I had done good, I was preparing GRE and my parents knew for a fact that oh, he, he has really good grades in his, in his college. He can easily secure a scholarship. Obviously, they, there was no way that they could fund my study but they they knew that he can easily in you know, a secure scholarship and uh, go to the US for the masters. And I would prepare for the GRE and then I would realize, hey man, I already hate the job that I'm doing and here I am preparing for another two years of study into something which I uh, already hate. 
Now, how does this even make sense? If I waste another two years in studying something that I don't like, which also means that I'm going to be wasting the rest of my life doing this because I've already wasted seven years of my life into this. Now, when that realization happened, then uh, I kind of said, I just don't want to go to the US and study there. And by that time, I also had an offer letter from an university in Germany and education in Germany is free. Here I was saying that, hey, I just don't want to study pharmacy anymore. And I think I want to give this podcasting thing a shot. And my parents went crazy. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Are you gone mad? Are you out of your mind? What the hell is this thing? How are you ever going to make money out of it? And all sort of things. And then I would just go back and start preparing for GRE again. And then I do it for two days. And then again, I, this whole idea of starting a podcast would pull me and I would just try and research more about how to create podcast, which mic to get and all of that. And I would get really, really excited. And then they would remind me that, hey, what are you doing? We, we have seen that for the past two days, you are not studying anything. And then I would come back and this went on. I kept shuffling from GRE to podcasting for a while. And after that, then I realized this is not helping me. I'm not able to focus on one thing. And obviously, I had my job going on on the side. Whatever time I had on the weekend, I kept juggling that for a few uh, weeks. And then, you know, one day I just came back home and my dad was there and I told him that, hey, I'm just not going to do this. I packed all my GRE material into a sack and then threw it in the corner of the room and said that, okay, all I want is one year. Just give me one year to do what I love. And if I can make anything out of it, well and good. If not, then I'm going to live rest of my life in your terms. Just give me one year mm. of my life. I wish it was an uh, easy conversation, but it was not. And uh, me and my dad, we ended up not talking to each other for two weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, the good thing that came out of that uh, conversation is both of my parents shut their mouth for a year so that I could completely focus on one thing. And, and within almost a year, I was full-time into the whole thing. I have heard some other people as well whom... I had conversation who had the similar kind of conversation with the parents. One of the interviews that I have done recently for my podcast was of a YouTuber and she mentioned that she had the similar conversation with her parents saying that, just give me one it? year. I'll link it uh, in the note, yeah, in the show description. It's a Captain Nick. She runs a YouTube channel by the name uh, mm-hmm. Captain Nick. She makes comedy skits and video and yeah. she uh, had the similar conversation where she said, just give me one year. I'll try this thing and then if it works out, it works out. If not, then I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. It's important for us to take that stand, to give that time. So if you really look at the different segments of people in the country today, right? There is a certain segment of the people who are okay with their kids taking a break year. They are okay with their kids trying to figure things out. It's They are yeah. okay with letting their kids to see what they want to do, even if they want to drop out of college. And there are people who come from the family like our, we can't afford to, you know, do nothing for a year just to figure out because then you have to put food on the table. And it's difficult for your parents to uh, understand that. It's difficult for you to convince. But also, like, if you really are sacrificing yourself, then down the line, I'm I'm sure a lot of people do have this realization saying that I wish I could have had that conversation with my parents and took that one year from them. I think my life's trajectory would have been completely different. So I highly encourage everybody who's listening to have a conversation with parents. And at the end of the day, you our parents love us, right? And, and they want the best of us. And the only thing that they're trying to 
you know impose on us is their fears because they have never ventured into unconventional path and it's just the fear that they have i think just understand that i knew that my parents to love me i knew that they are going to be there to support me but it's just that you wanted to have that conversation and not let them divert your focus from what you really want to do i think it's it's on point one year maybe two less if you can at least a thousand days listeners because a thousand days really 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 is required to get something off and running i think one year is a fair amount of time for you to know that how the path, but then the how, how it's shaping up right so i think i, I think your dad would not have been a tough negotiator because then <laughs> yeah. it becomes a haggle if you start a thousand days you'll at least get two years or one year yeah um yeah. i think you were lucky to get what you asked for though though you had to of course battle it out with him in a conversation most people would come down to 6 months or 3 months and nothing happens in 3 or 6 months yeah yeah absolutely it was more than asking him it was more of a telling him that i'm not doing what you want screw you and yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it it actually was that screw you i'm taking one year <laughs> just you know to to leave yeah. my dreams because my life is mine not yours i i know that you guys love me but you know hey i just want to give this a shot i just don't want to follow what you know i believed was the success template what you guys are telling me what is the success i just want to create my own template uh, and it was like screw you i'm doing this and i'm taking one year for myself i think uh, it worked there's a weird boldness and ignorance that a college kid has and if used wisely it brings fantastic um take that shot if you are listening yeah but i do was at my job but i did not quit my job and went full in and saying that i'm going to do this but i did it on the side of my job right i had my full time job to uh, still put the food on the table and while i was figuring things out then why was there such a big tussle it sounds like a win win for your parents and you because you can prepare for the us and go to the us in a year and you are saying that you just want to stay here on uh, at the job which was not paying you really well and if this thing doesn't work in a year then where you are going to be is that you are still going to mm. be withdrawing this uh, you know really low salary instead of being in the us right why did you choose podcasting i i do know that you'd not have a budget for anything to do with video but you could have picked up blogging Mm-hmm. You could have picked up writing because I actually went through your Instagram feed and I see this flare of writing that you had in the initial twenty thirty posts. Um, writing is much more cheaper than podcasting. <laughs> yeah, when I was in college, when I was reading these blogs. right i thought oh it sounds interesting i think i can be a blogger and i had written some articles some posts very sparingly you know two three a year kind of a thing i liked writing but then i also realized i don't know how many people are even going to read blog post down the line with the way media is coming up and stuff like that right so honestly how podcasting came in i'll tell you what was the initial and honest thought behind starting a podcast when you read you know, a few self help books and few blogs and when you know some concepts we start thinking that oh now we know everything and i think now i am mm. also a motivational inspirational speaker i can inspire people help them do whatever they want to do i thought i'm going to be probably a motivational speaker where i just share 
all these different concepts and a trainer or a speaker right that's something that i thought i i, I want to be now for me to learn what is the best way for me to learn all these different concepts from different people mm. then i realized having conversation with the people in the podcast you are learning a lot every single week you are learning a lot so you are going to have a ton of content and the second thing is you are building the network by having conversation with these people the initial idea for me was to start a youtube channel where i'll sit uh, you know across the table with the guest whosoever i want to interview with just have conversations with them in front of camera and then post it as a youtube video and exactly as you said i had no resources and then i realized oh if you want to do a talk show kind of a thing on a youtube then you need two cameras you need a studio setup and all the other fancy stuff and i realized oh man this looks really tough which we I still don't have, have. <laughs> uh, yeah which i still don't have and also at the same time i was doing a full time job and it was logistically from the time perspective as well i don't think that is something that i could pull off because of that then i was searching then what could be the next thing that i can do if not this then i came across podcast i think oh this sounds like an interesting one i can sit in my pajama on my bedroom and just uh, speak to a microphone connected to my laptop and i can connect with anyone in the world ah this this sounds like a good one that's how i started researching more about the podcast and the more and more i read about it and and when i started eventually i started falling in love with this medium and the power that it have and i thought okay this has to be it and this is something that i want to do a uh, podcast and i i really really you know enjoy the process of uh, doing it and right from finding people to having conversation preparing for that and putting the final product out and most importantly ask and i always say this asking all these stupid dumb questions that i have about the topic that i want to learn right this is interesting thing that deepak jayaraman who hosts the podcast play to potential said on the conversation where he said what i'm doing lnd and the meaning of lnd is usually <laughs> learning and Uh, development but he says i'm doing learning and distribution where i'm learning i'm developing Absolutely. myself but also at the same time i'm distributing it for someone else to probably learn a thing or two from my conversations that i have so that's what i wanted to do which is just learn and distribute and if there are people who have the similar questions for instance i wanted to understand basics of meditation i wanted to i have been meditating on and off and stuff like that but i wanted to learn about meditation then what is the best way for me to learn meditation is by going and having conversation with someone who have been doing it for decades i use this app called insight timer to meditate it has got tons and tons of free meditation highly recommend everyone who want to do meditation absolutely so for the insight timer i was meditating with this uh, teacher on insight timer called david g he's a guy based in us who has worked with uh, the likes of deepak chopra in fact he's the one who uh, designed i think deepak chopra does this 21 or 7 days meditation kind of a challenge mm-hmm. he was the original creator of that within deepak chopra so i got david g to have conversation with me and talk about meditation and we jammed for like an hour or so i asked all of the questions hey when i close my eyes i feel sleepy is that okay how do i know i'm doing it right is there a right way wrong way now all the you know questions that i had about meditation and boom there you go and it so happens that there are so many people who also have the similar question and they find it really interesting and when i wanted to understand more about self love I'll find the people who can kind of guide me more on self love. If I want to talk about entrepreneurship, I'll go and find an entrepreneur who can maybe share their journey or share their tips and ideas, right? So it's more of uh, me trying to uh, find answers for myself. Yeah. The fascinating thing between us is that this is a perfect way to quench our hunger week after week. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. You've done a hundred plus episodes. What is it that you usually end up seeking? Everybody has a theme that they are centrally trying to seek. Mm-hmm. While there are so many topics from afar, from meditation to self love to self help to business and startups, what is it that you usually find yourself? Hmm. This is the common theme that I've been seeking in all these interactions. I think it has evolved. a lot in the past 4 years and you can't continue talking about the one thing on a podcast because your audience evolves with you as well when i started i used to talk about the simple concepts let's say how do you set your goal how do you accomplish them and stuff like that right i can't do that anymore because your audience evolves with you as well and they are constantly looking for the new thing so it's about going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole every single conversation every single time i try and bring a new person try and explore the topics that i haven't explored before and push that boundary and make yourself uncomfortable comfortable in talking about the topics that you just have no clue about sometimes it so happens that i want to interview someone i want to bring that inside with my audience just bring the basics of it and then it so happens that i just don't know a single thing about that topic and then the whole process of going and understanding that i look at it in two major ways one which is the primary reason why i started the show is just to bring the inspiring content when i say inspiring content this is inspiring through the journey of people so when i bring someone and just let them share their journey a lot of people who listen to it can relate to it that they, they feel like oh this guy have been through so much of ups, ups and downs in his or her life and still managed to become successful and i think my problem all of a sudden looks very very smaller in front of this person's problem mm. for instance when you interview someone who have survived cancer not once not twice but thrice and still says that oh, i'm thriving now i'm doing this and that and then if you are struggling with let's say a financial problem then you feel oh my god there was here here is someone who almost lost right. their life not once not twice not thrice and here i am thinking that oh, my financial problem was the biggest problem in the world and then you kind of get inspiration from those conversations and a lot of people write back saying that episode really inspired me to do this and that and stuff like that so i think that's one bit of it which is i'm constantly looking at inspiring people getting inspired myself and the other piece of it is because i'm the student of self help i i try and explore the topics around self help where i am going deeper and trying to come up with a new concept new things that i can try and what's happening there so for instance right now like i'm fascinated with the whole idea about investment right investing as a concept and i haven't really gotten myself into investing into stocks or you know mutual fund and stuff like that right last year with the onset of lockdown i got curious about it and now as you said right the my hunger to learn is from who is expert in investment right so now i'm looking for somebody who can kind of come in break the entire entire process of let's say investing how should somebody look at if the beginner where do they begin and all that sort of information right and then i want to share it with my audience similarly uh, mental health is another thing that's now becoming mm-hmm. uh, a huge topic and then that's something that i'm looking at bringing for my audience so it's a balance of i would say educating and inspiring them that's always the you know balance that i'm trying to strike on my podcast by sometimes bringing the stories which are just inspirational for instance i had this guy who is an ips officer and iz in uh, bihar and he was the guy who executed some of the really scary missions putting bihar's most dangerous criminal behind the bar and and he has written two best selling books now when you bring people like that then you find inspiration in you know the stories that they have to share and while you pick the topics so that's the kind of a balance that i try and strike 
Hmm. Mental health and finance. I think these are apt at the moment Look, with the bull right market now, yeah. and we, the yeah. chaos in the country. Mm. Inspiring stories does bring hope to people. I think now is when people need hope the most to see through this this uncertain, chaotic, confusing times. Absolutely. One thing that we should really not lose at this point of time is the hope because in all these different conversations that I have had where I've asked people to share their mm-hmm. story, if there's one thing that really helped them in the entire thing is just by keeping that faith and keeping that hope alive and just hoping that there's going to be end to the tunnel. There's a light in the, you know, another side of the tunnel. The, the simple concept that after the night, day has to come. It's time that we just keep hope and not give up on our hope because that's the biggest thing that we can hold on to and it's easy to say that absolutely but i think um, that's the one thing that really gonna you know help us move forward right and we can obviously choose to be on that situation or maybe just have hope and say that hey i'm gonna come out of this i'm gonna come out of this mm-hmm. stronger and also uh, there's this interesting thing surain uh yeah success, with me. success can success can and he when i had conversation with him he's he told this really interesting thing right talking about his own darkest phase in his life he said you know i was going through one one challenge after another and i i had no clue why this is happening and and my mentor said me something which really changed my perspective over the life he says universe is going to kick your butt once and uh, hoping that you get the lesson that it's trying to teach you whatever that lesson is right and if you understand what that lesson is the first time around then you are going to bounce back right if you don't understand it the first time around then it's going to give you second hit which is going to be more bigger and uh, yeah. sting harder right and if you don't still understand the lesson that the universe is trying to teach you and share with you then it's going to hit you the third time but that was a really interesting one where and then that changes your mindset from saying that why has it happened to me to then thinking about hey what is the lesson that universe is trying to teach me what is it that i need to understand from what has happened and get that lesson and probably move forward i think that i, I resonate with those lines there and try and ask myself hey what is the lesson that i and often time it comes down to the thing that you had in your control which you decided not to take ownership or responsibility in some forms if covid was a kick in the butt from the universe silly question <laughs> What do you think your learning was? I mean a bunch of them. The yeah, really? a lot of them, right? We are still in it and if you really think about we all being inside and on, on the grander scale if you really think about it, one thing obviously that stands out is the exploitation that we had of this planet Earth, right? The way we have exploited mm. it, the way we have created a mess of this beautiful beautiful planet. is that now you go inside and now you sit inside you be behind the bars of your own home and feel what it feels like right that's one and second for us probably is universe is maybe trying to show us a mirror saying that doesn't matter how technologically advanced or whatever you might create and and i think that's the mirror that we all have in front of us saying that even with 
everything that we have smartest minds working on the latest tech and thinking about future saying that this is the tech from 2030 and stuff like that we are not able to just manage a a a, a single disease that that taking the world by storm right that probably is the second one that covid is teaching us on the positive side of it the lesson that i can have take is we had been so selfish and now if you really look at a lot of good things has happened where people are going out of their way to help each other which would have never mm. been the case if it was a regular normal situation right because this thing happened now we are going out of our way and try and help and the whole thing about the community aspect that we always had as a country as a world is coming back together where people are helping each other trying to be of support right. uh, from a community it has become a community i think on the positive side that has happened which is a really good thing and i hope that it is continues where we try and continue support each other even after this pandemic and have the same kind of bond or maybe the understanding or maybe the mindset that we have right now about helping and serving mm-hmm. others hard though cuz i feel it's it's easy for even long term enemies to bond because a bigger enemy is in front of them for a short while and now that covid has become the enemy number 1 people want to forget the differences the past and bond for a while for survival and also sake. i think it's important to understand right this is the time where we are not talking about any of those differences we are not talking about the religious yeah. differences we are not talking mm-hmm. about the caste creed we are not talking about any kind of differences and we are just focused on one thing and trying and beat that one thing and if that's something that doesn't matter right now and where none of us is really caring about who's who and where the person comes from and what's the background and stuff then you know it's for us to understand who is it who really makes us again focus on those things and start raising the war against each other based on those status and and stuff if it was something that we had it within us then it would have shown even today as well right but there's someone who is invoking that in us whether that's media whether that's politicians and stuff like that it's uh, having that self awareness of who invokes that in us and try and uh, stay away from that maybe can help yeah, the the heartbreaking thing is those who control the media control the minds of the people and now i see every major media wielding the fear factor in everybody else and and that's where i find hope in podcast because these are real conversations india needs to listen where there is civility there is politeness and there is thought going back and forth instead of conversations on the mainstream media where you just have talking heads that don't let anybody else talk or even breathe yeah absolutely absolutely it's horrible and you mentioned about blogging all year so when i was you know still in college i think third year i had written this uh, short piece of blog where i said that i why don't you uh, pull it up if you can i'm just trying to pull that up so so there was this blog that i had written which is about the news right listening to the news sucks and here's why and i think i'm almost here so scrolling it. down hmm somebody has been a writer for a while let me read out 
this bit. Avoid news, yes, that's right. You might have heard that most of successful players and teams avoid news in any form just before their match so that they can deliver their best performance. You might be thinking that I will miss many things if I avoid news, but you can't know everything even after watching news. If anything important happens that you must know, you will get to know. Someone will definitely discuss in your school or office or even may give you a call. People watching news love discussing news, so you will not be left behind in any way, says Bijay Gautam. <laughs> yeah. In his blog, Why Listening to News Sucks. <laughs> it's been a decade since you've not tuned into the mainstream media. My God, you've missed out on a lot of fun stuff. Nothing really, nothing really. As I said, right, as I'm talking to you right now, there's just a WhatsApp message popping on my phone, which is a news piece that is shared by someone on my WhatsApp. You don't have uh-huh. to go and search for the news, right? And right. and it's it again, the yeah, it comes to you. We are constantly sharing and you are really, in, with social media, you are not missing anything. While a lot of people talk about FOMO, and I think there's another concept I can't recall, but it's pleasure of missing out. I, I think you should be okay with uh, missing the information, which is not going to help you anyways. So yeah, that really, really helps because we are talking about the hope in this time. And what is the best thing that you can do for yourself right now is keeping your mental peace, keeping that balance and not letting that you know hope shake in you and uh, stay strong. And news is definitely not the thing that's helping you to stay strong in this time. Have you developed filters and hacks to get around? Because now I see news trickling down in a unusual way. Because the new media barons are essentially Facebook, Twitter and everywhere where you get your news from. Which is usually like WhatsApp or Twitter or the feeds of all the platforms that are on. I think the same insights that were used in the TV era or the print era, which was if it bleeds, it leads, has just trickled down to all the other platforms that we use today. The clickbait and all of these, it's the same situation we face at a... At an enormous magnitude and frequency. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with the way people are trying to do that. I think the first thing that we can do is customize our feed. What do we mean by customizing your feed is you have a control on what you want to see on your feed. And, and this social media, how they are working, they are, they are the learning machines. You know, they are learning based on mm. what we are, you know, co- constantly watching and, you know, interested on. And for a week, stop consuming any news on the eighth day. Facebook is not going to recommend you any news because they know that you are not interested in that. If you are interested in anything else, something else, then they will start showing you that, right? But the other thing is also when you make peace with the fact that even if I miss the news, I'm not missing anything in the world. I'm okay and I'm happy missing things out, which is not helping me. Then what you want to do is like I said, I just have this message dropped on my WhatsApp of a Mm -hmm. news. Am I going to open that? The answer to that is no, I'm not. Because I know that's not going to help me. I I don't even bother to see what that is about. And also, I think that is important for you to understand where you pay your attention, right? So, Mm -hmm. what you pay attention to, 
and where energy flows it grows right so and it is important for you to understand where you want to give your attention and energy to so one is obviously you know based on the what kind of content you interact is how facebook shows you the feed like my my dad's facebook feed will have <laughs> all these crazy news and news after news after yeah. news after because it's you know, a rabbit hole yeah and there is a news after news and when i see him browse his feed and i'm oh my god there is the stuff like this that's going on around on the internet it's the same internet that i'm on and it's the same internet that he's on and his uh, world of reality is completely different than my world of reality and when i look at my sister browsing her feed it's totally different like it's about the fashion it's about the what's happening in the style and so on and so forth right and my mom's is different from my dad's and my world of reality is totally different right the movie social dilemma shows it very very beautifully how all of us have this totally different world of reality that we are yeah. yeah totally different world of reality that we are living in i believe in something and that something is been reinforced again and again mm. and again and again with the same feeds and posts if you are somebody who supports let's say left or somebody who supports right or center wherever you are leaning forward then there is high chance that today you will be more and more and more uh, stronger fan of whatever you support why because you're feed is constantly going to show you and it's never going to show you the other side because that's the side that you chose not to consume content from right that's why we see the extreme political alignment a lot of people have whosoever are aligned to one segment we see the divide and the big huge difference there why is it so because your facebook feed your instagram feed or your twitter feed is not showing what's happening on the other side what's the other side's point of view because you are so much interested in just consuming one side of content mm-hmm. because you are constantly consuming just one side of content just the way we see that certain tv channels just show us the one side of the story that's exactly what facebook yeah. is doing they are just showing you exactly. because you interact and engage with the one side of story they are constantly going to show you more and more and more of that story and then you are going to believe and that's going to kind of help you form your belief do you know it's become uh, worse what's right if you are aware of that fact then it can help you but a lot of people a lot of us are mindlessly browsing and scrolling and we are not even aware that my beliefs are being formed because of what i'm consuming yeah the death scroll that's what it's called now <laughs> scrolling endlessly <laughs> while you have nothing to do oh, this is such a heart breaking thing of our culture what is supposed to empower us is caged us hmm. for all the listeners i think a sure shot way to keep your sanity in this chaotic time is actually to tune out of the mainstream news any other hacks that you could share bijay because you've been out of the news cesspool for a decade now yeah it's also about building those layers of the things mm-hmm. that can affect you or not and this is something that i'm talking outside of the news right so if you really want to balance and if you really want to keep that sanity and uh, want to you know continue working on what you want to work without being affected with what the world says about you what the people are talking about you and stuff like that i have built a layer which doesn't really get inside uh you know um, and and really affect me and how can it's, somebody it's, build it it's that's a, that's a really a tough one that's a really really a difficult one for you to build one right what really helps is by uh you know constantly reminding yourself 
of you know what you are trying to do and where you are headed is something that you really want and the other thing is oftentimes when there are 10 people who are saying that you are going in the right direction and then there is an 11th person who say that you really are bad you are really going to fail whatever and then our focus naturally isn't that one person mm. who says that oh you are really bad whatever that is the, the natural focus is on that one person and because of that one person we forget to focus on those other 10 that kind of saying that oh you are really helping them uh, moving forward or whatever that is and uh, just ig- being able to ignore those repetitive negative comments and the stuff like that comes your way and just focusing on those you know positive ones really helps you focus on what you are really good at and continue doing and build on what you are really good at instead of diving too much into what you really can't even control and also the understanding that when somebody spills hate on you when somebody spills criticism on you when somebody spills something to you just understanding that who do you want to take that criticism from right if right. the person who criticizes you is the one who has the results that you want to get it's highly unlikely that they will even want to criticize because they know how difficult is the path the people who are usually criticizing are the people who are maybe just sitting on their couch and just uh, posting that comment or maybe just spreading that yeah. stuff out critics there, right? are so, rarely a game players absolutely right so the people who are a game players they understand the amount of effort and time and energy and how mm-hmm. hard is it that's why they are never going to criticize i'm going to never criticize somebody who is just creating a podcast and who is just trying to put the content out because i know how hard is it to put it right i know i have been through that journey right the same goes with other things as well that's one where you just know who's criticism to take in and who's not to and the fundamental understanding that when somebody spills the hate out it's usually not about you it's about them those are the people who need help because either they are having a really bad day at work either they have some mental condition or some sort of issue that's going on in their life which is really bothering them and the fact that you can't pour uh something that you don't have right you can't pour ki- kindness mm. if you don't have you pour what you have and if all you have is a hit inside of you and that's what you are going to pour but then the question is because someone pours that on you are you going to take it or are you just going to filter that out just step aside let it just fall on the floor no, absolutely mm. i love i i'm loving this conversation i'm glad it's amazing so yeah We're talking about criticism. Hmm. Can you give an example if you're comfortable? Because you were criticized heavily in the initial days of your podcasting. Truckloads of criticism. How did you take that? And where did you find a safe space where you could gather back your energy and come back stronger and a much more refined Vijay? I got criticized and I even today get criticized a lot. Number one, for the for the weird accent that i have and i get criticized for my pronunciation at times and lack of ability to have conversation with people in the beginning um this is one comment where i interviewed a guest and uh, and she posts that interview and this is early on i think it was fifth or seventh episode of my show back in 2017 she posted that on her facebook saying that hey i was part of the inspiring talk podcast listen to my conversation somebody whom she knew who was on her facebook friends list commented saying that 
this interview was amazing. You were exceptional. But the host, he really sucked. He didn't even know how to have a conversation, how to do that. And there is another YouTuber. And this was again early on when I just had five, seven episodes of my show, whom I met at an event and we became friends on Facebook. And I used to post my clips of my podcast on Facebook. And he he got so irritated with my accent that he sent me a message saying that, hey, bro. Your accent looks so made up. Why don't you try and be yourself and not try and copy someone? It's irritating. It's mm. just irritating. I, I got that one as well. You have saved some comments is what I know. I do have. Why do I you do save have. Them? Uh, why I save those comments is because I want to tell people who think that, oh, this is bad thing. It actually is not. Everybody goes through that, right? There are always going to be people who are going to appreciate you. There are always going to be people who are going to criticize you. But it's for you to kind of have like, these are the things that people say about me. But still, I did not allow that to stop nice. me and I continue doing it. But that really helps you see there are the people who, uh, in, for, for a matter of fact, I keep both of those, right? I make an Evernote when somebody <laughs> says really nice about me. I keep that on Evernote. And when somebody says really bad, then I keep that as well. And when I really feel low, like there has been so many instances where I said that I do this. Is it even helping anyone? Is it even adding mm. value to anyone's life? I'm putting a lot of time, efforts and energy. And when I have those questions of self-doubt, that's when I go to this Evernote where I have all these good things people say. Things like, oh, you know what? Your podcast has helped me quit my job and do something else. Or a listener said that I was having this really difficult phase in my relationship with my wife in our marriage and in our wedding. And it was not going the way it was. And we decided to separate. But the one thing that's keeping me sane in this mm-hmm. tough time is listening to the conversations that you're having with a guest every single morning and all of a sudden my problem seems smaller. Lovely. And you know, th- when you have those kind of messages, then that kind of makes you do what you are doing. Even today, I get a lot of criticism, right? Criticism is a part of a game. When they hear you for the first time, they are constantly judging you. They are judging you based on your looks. They are judging yeah. you based on your accent. They are judging you. And the only thing that helped me uh, especially for the people who judge me for the first time is the just the simple thing that I say is you don't know my uh, story yet. Yeah. When that person said that this guy really um, don't know how to make a conversation, that guy did not know that I really find it extremely, extremely difficult to yeah. have conversations. While I'm very comfortable if you put me on the stage, I can talk to one is 200. I can mm-hmm. uh, do that talk. And while a lot of people can't go on the stage because they are they have a stage of fear, but I never had that. I, I won't say I never had that, but I'm comfortable being on the stage. But if you put me one-on-one and tell them, tell me that, hey, there is no particular topic that you can talk with this person, just carry conversation with this person. And I find it extremely, extremely difficult. I run out of the things to say and uh, that's just me. Mm. I just can't carry the conversation, right? But the person just doesn't know that. The person also doesn't know that when I was starting to interview, I would just have 10 questions. I will read them out. Which were handwritten, prescripted. Handwritten, yeah, prescripted. I'll just read those 10 questions. I'll get answer and I'm done. And now from that, to just having a pointer yeah, and just carrying the conversation. I have come along a long, long way. But I'm not saying that I have reached there. I'm going to probably laugh at the 100th and 10th episode that I yeah. released last week when I do 500th episode. But I can see my growth. Yeah. I know my growth. I know how I'm progressing. I think understanding your own growth path, how you are progressing, 
and uh, making peace with that really helps you navigate through all these comments and negative comments and stuff like that that comes away the brick bats that you get and also at the same time just try and keep this this evernote thing that i'm talking about right you can do it uh, as a screenshot on your phone or as a folder on your computer where you just keep all the good things that people say about uh, you uh, and the work that you are doing and how you are making an impact i'm going to link a video of bijay which is probably one of his first youtube videos mm-hmm. just so you can see the growth he has had because we are right now focusing on his accent and his energy and his speaking ability it's marvelous what 3 years and 110 episodes and maybe 200 interviews to make those 110 episodes happen have brought in i i have started you know releasing this season 2 of my podcast uh, the other show that i do called podcast unfiltered and last week we released another episode in you know, a one episode with the podcaster and that interview was done i think a few months back uh, at least 5 6 months back or maybe a year back and when i was trying to push, pull that episode out and uh, you know when i was listening to review it and i i realized just in one past year how many mistakes i used to make mm. and now you know how much i have improved just in one past year i think it's a constant progress that you do and also the other thing that really helps you is which i am now trying to push my own boundaries is becoming as vulnerable as i can by sharing my own journey and story with people yeah. to the extent that i can that doesn't come naturally to us because uh, we always fear the judgment saying that what if i say that i have these flaws but what that does is that's the power when you are able to say that this is the flaw that i have mm-hmm. that means you own that flaw and also people are able to relate to that for instance two weeks back i made a post on linkedin where i said I almost stopped podcasting after releasing 11 episodes because I have a weird accent, my pronunciation sucks, my grammar, let's not even talk about that. I struggled a lot with having conversation with my guest and so on and so forth, right? So when I shared this on my LinkedIn, there are 56 people who commented and there are more than 200 people who liked that post. And the one thing that all of them said was thank god you continued doing it. Thank you so much for sharing this. this inspires me to go ahead and do my own thing even if it's not perfect right so some of the comments that goes like this is very relatable and inspiring and uh, somebody says your podcast was the first that i came and and somebody even admitted saying that bije when i listened to your podcast for the first time i judged you you know somebody confessed on that post saying that yes i judged you when i listened to your podcast but when i got to know more about your content then i realized that stopped bothering me anymore because i started enjoying uh, the content and somebody said because of you doing the podcast with a broken accent inspired me to start a podcast because <laughs> i told to myself that if this guy with this broken accent can do a podcast then i too can do so i by just you taking action and being all that you are giving power to other people as well and inspiring them yeah i think by gathering the courage to be vulnerable we free a lot of other people i you free yourself first because yeah. then you have nothing to hide you don't have to wear this mask right so i often have conversation with my influencers friends who are either instagram influencers or influencers on youtube and stuff like that they talk to me often about how they have to wear this mask uh, of happy bubbly 
successful person uh, yeah. without any flaws on the internet because that's the kind of person that they have built online but when you are vulnerable when you share your authentic self then you really don't have to worry about being someone else on the internet and you you just can't be yourself you just can't be who you are and show your authentic real self and that's when people can relate with you and people who can connect with that the people who then follow you are your hardcore fans right so as i said right when i want to learn about something that i get someone I wanted to go deeper into vulnerability and how do you share your story I needed to find someone who is naked out there who have shared every thing out there about their life and who is vulnerable to the core and that's when I got Papa CJ who is a comedian who has written the book called Naked where he shares his life story to the level where he shares everything about his life including the biggest fear that he have and the biggest insecurity that he have and the biggest thing that's troubling him right now now i asked him like how do i be vulnerable then and and he suggested that start with what you are comfortable with and it's it is the muscle that you need to practice share one story and then you will gain confidence because people are going to relate to it people are going to support you and then share another story and then bigger and just keep pushing that limit whenever you are ready there is no pressure to that so i'm trying to do that on every single conversation that i have when i get uh, opportunity to be on a show like yours i try and pull that one layer of myself and just share it right on 100th episode of my podcast i really opened so many layers at mm. once where i was sharing like okay okay guys you have been hearing a lot of inspiring stories then here here's my uh, story and one of my guests volunteered to interview me on my show and then i shredded a lot of layers on that episode of my show and i continue to do that so that really is a power that you can have and it liberates you you don't have to hide anything you can be your authentic self be who you are on the internet and i think what a beautiful thing is that that you can do for yourself i just thought i'll bring up a quote i recently read it's from the book the alabaster girl by zan perion and here it is here is a sublime secret of the ages the secret of men whom women eternally love the entire book is about beauty and women so they are father figures and little boys simultaneously there you go i've never heard anyone say that before but i'm convinced it is true leadership and vulnerability a lightning combination that is utterly impossible for women to resist it is the greatest strength of these men their triumph the defining characteristic that sweeps all other men unceremoniously into a corner forever yeah <laughs> yeah that's really beautiful and one thing that we really tried uh, doing at my organization the wine studio that we run when we got them together because we hired a lot of them during the covid lockdown and in january we opened our office and when we got everyone together we wanted them to understand each other to the core and we do one activity called lifeline where mm. people have to create a entire line or chart let's say of everything that happened in their life till now and just list them down whether that's a happy moment sad moment bad moment good moment mm. and initially when we begin that exercise we don't tell them that you have to share it with anyone we just tell them that this is only for yourself for your own reflection of the kind of journey that you have had in your life just make a list of good things bad thing worst thing that has happened uh -huh. in your life and then everybody writes their life story in terms of pointers like this happened when i was 8 years old this happened when i was 9 years old in 10 years old i lost my grandfather in when i was 12 maybe i 
was in love for the first time maybe 18 i had my first girlfriend mm-hmm. i failed in school and uh, they write all their life story once they are do- done doing that then what we do is we ask them to share it with everyone else in the room and now mm-hmm. this is where a lot of people hesitate because you told them that this is going to be personal activity but then they need to understand that this is a safe space they need to understand that what happens in this room is going to be in this room and you create that safe space beautiful and i took the lead saying that okay i'm going to mm-hmm. share mine first when i shared my vulnerabilities then everybody started opening up and they shared end to end story all the yeah. fears that they have had all the challenges that they have triumphed and some of them said that even some of the closest people to me don't even know these mm-hmm. things that i just admitted today and i was wondering if i want to share this with you all or not but when i heard someone else talk about this mm-hmm. when i realized this is a safe space then i thought i'll just you know share this with you all and after that the bonding that the team shares today because now they know the story of why the person is like that if there's anything that before they judge them so you have completely removed the judgment among each other uh and i think that has really really helped us to understand each mm-hmm. other uh why someone think that way uh understand the fears that the you know uh, person operates from so that we can help them kind of shred those fears uh i think that's beautiful we just tell them just share what you're comfortable with if there's any event that you don't want to share or uh you know if you want to share a event but you don't want to get into the details of that that's totally fine because we realized some of them also came up with some of the issues from the past which needed closure the chapters in their mm-hmm. life which needed closure and which are still something that's bothering us and that's okay for you to not get into detail of that that's totally fine and it's not that we are pressuring you saying that you have to share everything it's just that share what you are comfortable beautiful i'm so glad that we have gone from hope to vulnerability because i feel if you can be more vulnerable and comfortable while being vulnerable you are spreading hope and do you know there are these 36 questions that if you ask somebody you fall in love with them are you aware of that mhm mhm yeah you know, yes most i have of those recently are nothing but an escalating or a deescalating because it's, it's it's going deeper and deeper into the person nothing but just questions that are making a person more comfortable and vulnerable as the questions progress yeah i know we got to wrap this up i am so happy that we got to have this conversation i believe it's been a worthwhile inspiring conversation thank you so much vijay for being on galata and sharing so openly comfortably and embracing vulnerability Thank you Puneet you been a great host and I think this is the longest conversation that I've had <laughs> on a podcast and I'm glad that we did because a couple of things I recalled the few things that my uh, I kind of have lost from my memory and when I was talking and all of a sudden it connected but you you are a great host and thank you for creating this space thank you for all the lovely words boys and girls now go and make some galata